スキャンケチ So, Scott Morrison, how was your time on the James Corden show? <laughs> Just have to imagine. Wait, you're not Scott Morrison. <laughs> What's happening? Who are you? A less, a less fun person. A less fun person because you've not been on, on the, the James, James Corden, Corden show? show. Is that what it's called, the James Corden show? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably got an actual name and stuff. All these, all these probably programs have it. Like I don't like. I, maybe it's because we don't get late night shows, but I don't ever refer to them as anything other than like the that, James Corden. That's the one that James Corden's on. There's Jimmy Kimmel. There's Stephen Colbert. I like Stephen Colbert. I'm a, I'm a Colbert man myself. I like him in theory, but I don't think I've ever watched any of his shows. I just, I've seen like memes with him on them, and I'm like, he seems fun. He does seem fun. I watch his um, openings and stuff. I quite like that, especially because. Um, it's a more fun way to get news, especially like political <laughs> news, because he's very focused on like Trump administration and stuff. And I'm, I am like most people, extremely fascinated by all of that. I've just finished um, James Comey's book. All oh, right, it's yeah, really fucking good. Really, really liked it. Um, so I watch Colbert because like it's a more fun way to keep in the loop with the news. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I've started watching Fox News recently though. This <laughs> is a, a this is a complete learn about the news as This well. is a complete derail. It actually is fun. Yeah, I do watch it's so it. Mental. Yeah, cuz it is cuz it's quite possessed in it's like um and like I know they're everyone so, knows that but like it, it They're so manic and yeah, so enthusiastic. They're very possessed in the way that they um uh, their views and <laughs> yeah. how they speak like it's it's quite insane. This whole Oh, like this is a complete derail, even from <laughs> even from Scott Morrison entirely. Sorry, Scott, you have to put your ego down for two seconds. But this whole Fox presenter Sean Hannity, who's like reporting on um, the lawyer Michael Cohen getting raided, he's reporting on it, reporting on it, and then it's just revealed it's his lawyer too. Yeah, and he's just been reporting yeah. on it. <laughs> <He's all the laughs> This is mental. Is, how how did you get on live <laughs> live TV? Look the camera straight in the face and go. Well, this Michael Cohen situation. Let's see about this. It's your lawyer. What are you talking about? It's mental. Oh, I find it so fascinating, and I like watching John Oliver as well. John Oliver is good. John Oliver is good. Um, he's very fascinated. Uh, fascinating as well. Um, but I've not actually watched any of James Corden stuff. No, I don't think he does political stuff. He's just no. like a like a chat show guy, you know, mm. like Conan or something. Yeah, like his um, lipstick karaoke. Is that him? Yeah, uh, car, yeah, carpool karaoke. Maybe that's him. Yeah, I think yeah. that's him. Yeah. I, um, Scott did say before he was going that he was he him and um, friend of the podcast Lusty was like gonna go see James Corden, and I thought I did say to him, it's very bizarre to go all to the way America. to America <laughs> and see someone who up until recently was a staple of British culture. <laughs> yeah. Like, but over here for the longest period of time, it's probably it may be why he went over to America. But for the longest time, no one really cared that much about James Cotton. Over here, we're like, ah. yeah, he just pop up in things like Doctor Who and stuff. <laughs> and be like, oh, there's ten episodes of him. He had, he was the guy from Gavin and Stacey. He had, I think, he had like some sort of football show for a while. Good oh, for really? him. He um, did, he did better than the other guy from Gavin and Stacey, though, didn't he? Because that guy's not around anymore. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> he doesn't he's have just a TV gone. show. Um, so it is, that is bizarre in that sense. Um, he played uh, like Paul Potts in the movie about Paul Potts the opera singer, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, it was like a movie about the guy who won the first Britain's Got Talent. 
like an opera thing and he played him and then they had like I think they had the real Simon Cowell and stuff redo that's weird I don't know that film at all on the next episode I remember they both did that that uh, lesbian vampire film yeah uh that was both of them wasn't it that was both of them yeah I remember watching that and I don't remember like actually I I don't remember it it was so long ago but um, do you guys and Gavin say I don't remember it being any good it it seemed terrible (laughs) (laughs) I'd heard at the time that it was quite fun though and that apparently the 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 title of the movie was like kind of let it down because it set it up to be something ridiculous and then it was just a bit more like Shaun of the Dead E. But then I haven't seen it, so I can't like I have seen it but I can't remember it. I really can't. I can't remember anything about it. Um It's got lesbian vampire are they lesbians who kill vampires? Or I can't they, I can't, I, can't, I, can't I literally vampires? I was just thinking that I can't even remember <laughs> if it was lesbian vampires or lesbian vampire killers. Well they I feel like it was lesbian I think vampire they kill, killers. They killed lesbian vampires didn't they I imagine Scott Morrison's the talk of the town because he went to go see a lesbian vampire killer <laughs> he went to he was what he was in the background of a shot yes on James is it James Corden is that his name yeah James, James Corden's Corden. show and he posted a thing on Facebook that got pretty pretty liked yeah and, and it's on like Glasgow Live and yeah, stuff yeah got featured on the Glasgow like social news website or Facebook page Aye. Which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> so these two lads from Glasgow. You always see that, like, there's some sort of article about these two lads from yeah, Glasgow. Yeah, these two guys. And now we know the lads. Now we know one. Claim to fame. Aye. Obviously, it was a slow news day because people are on TV all the time. Ooh, you but... come on to Scott Morrison's <laughs> podcast while he's not here and tell that the news of him being on James Corden is a slow, slow news, news day. day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to not get yourself back invited on for source Hey, this is the third time I've been on. Yeah. Both, two of them without Scott Morrison. That's true. Welcome back to the podcast, Michael Kelly. How's it feel to be back for the third time? I actually don't know if we've had a guest that's come back three times. Uh, I'm a regular now, aren't I? Yeah, you're a regular. You're I'm like regular. the you. You could be the third opinion. You're like the <laughs> you're um, the the. I was trying to think of any pop culture example of the third um, person. You're what everyone when everyone debates like the. The seventh friend from Friends. Oh, Paul Rudd's the seventh friend from Friends. Oh, I'm Paul Rudd. I'll take that. Yeah, you're the Paul Rudd of the podcast. <laughs> I'm Paul Rudd. Um, but then some people debate other... Um, no, no, no. I'll be Paul Rudd. Gunther. Some people might debate Gunther. Gunther. No. no. Are you the Gunther or the Paul <laughs> no. Rudd of the podcast? Let's find out in this episode. Oh, God. Let's What's pre- up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, Michael Kelly. Hello. Hi. I never have like a snappy thing to say at this point. No. I, have, I feel like Paul Rudd would have a snappy thing to say, wouldn't he? Um, what's his? What's it? He, he's quite yeah, a range of comedy style, isn't he? Like, um, I was. I've just been rewatching Parks and Rec recently, and he appears in that. Oh yeah, he plays the useless. He plays the useless like um, some, guy who's also election, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's so nice that you can't hate him. So. Uh, he's extremely naive, but like he doesn't have a consistent sort of. Um, like shtick yeah like he's yeah he's not charming yeah he's like he's got different types like he plays that Parks and Rec differently to how he plays Ant-Man which is relevant this week because Avengers is coming out well when this gets released Avengers (laughs) will be out out, Avengers will be out for two weeks by the time this gets released we're actually recording this one quite (laughs) (laughs) everyone's seen Avengers by it as presently we are two people who haven't seen Avengers 
and it's starting to feel like the rest of the world has... It came out yesterday. <laughs> it came out yesterday. Well, no, it came out today. It just it got midnight screened yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So it could come out today, but already feels like half the world have seen it because you get so... Danny's bombarded. been avoiding the internet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've got a thing where I don't, I don't like preconceived notions. It's really, really pretentious. I get, I'm hoping that most people who listen to this no, podcast have some sort of enthusiasm for film and appreciate... Because yeah. like so many people, so many people that I like and people I go to work with and people I have cam- casual conversations that aren't as into films will fuck maybe find it weird to find for me like it's for me the ultimate. What I'm trying to say is like if Avengers is good, it's kind of a spoiler for me. Yeah, you want to go in blind. because uh, yeah. a lot of these comic book films, the production is like half like is the hype. Yeah, and like the production gets hyped and hyped and all rumoured characters and rumoured this and rumoured that and rumoured that and finding out whether the film's any good or not is just feels like a bit of a spoiler like you've deflated the hype yeah, just before you go to see it after all this build up you kind of go in and what you want to know more than anything is like is this going to be good yeah is this whole together yeah does it work as a film rather than like what's going to happen to our these characters who I guess we like <laughs> in a kind of abstract way that they're just there aye because um, the whole who dies with all the plot twists and stuff I don't want to know that either obviously but like even something as simple as whether it's good or not um, it's just a spoiler and so many people say it like we'll just pass that in casual conversation which is why I want to see it as soon as possible like I saw Avengers it was really good and you're like no oh, it's too late <laughs> I saw Avengers it was actually quite crap oh. I or don't if like someone that. mentions like the Rotten Tomatoes score of yeah it, which I've and seen and now I have like already I have an idea of like yeah what I, I, I don't, be. I don't yeah. want that preconceived notion that's why it's kind of alarming and like uh, I can't even I can't do any like there's no because like obviously social media and all the your internet search tailored towards what you search so much of um, my suggestions come up with some sort of um, nerdy nerdy superhero stuff superhero <laughs> article of like like sometimes when you go to see a comic book film it'll be an article like this is why this film doesn't work or this is why this film does work even and, YouTube you go on the front page of YouTube and it'll be like this scene in the Avengers explained and there'll be a little spoiler mm-hmm. like why this character died or why this one didn't yeah. this plot twist explained yeah and, you know, oh, it's it's that's why it's it can be quite like almost like disarming a bomb trying to have a conversation with someone hoping they just don't bring up the Avengers because uh, I work next to a cinema and people come in and I'm like you've just been to see the Avengers you're like la 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 don't even talk about it don't even talk about it to your friend don't even talk about what you if you thought it was good or not um, I don't that's fair enough I think that's a good thing to see it as soon as you can I'm going to yeah. see it in like two days so I have that's a lot of avoiding. Mm. Um, I'm going to see it tomorrow morning, which I, I'm I, I'm I'm excited for it as a film as well. Um, I'm I'm excited to see because we were talking about it earlier, like it's a film this size just hasn't been done. It's just like the biggest film ever, yeah. Isn't like it? in a weird way, can't, can't think of a film that's like in terms of especially in terms of cast in terms of cast but also in terms of location the span of this yeah. film the span of this film the plot like the amount of years this franchise is building up to the amount of sort of sub-franchise it's even um, the fact that together. it's based on like decades of comics because what's the other biggest what i guess like star wars is probably the biggest other thing star wars is probably the biggest other franchise but then like but it's just star wars whereas yeah. this is like so many other things in one it's it's mental how big this film is. So it's quite exciting to see if it if it holds up to the hype. That that's um, extremely exciting, especially because like for the most part, like I always have the criticism for Marvel films that sometimes they can just come out the 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 
the line is mostly it's okay yeah it's okay it's like i was gonna say the last one everyone was really excited about black panther and i'd heard before going to see it that it was great and everyone was talking about how great it was and i went to see it and i was just like Ugh. yeah it's, just, it's okay uh... it's okay um the last one i was really blown away by was civil war which i I've, i was like civil war was so fun yeah i was watching it and i was like it's really really fun but like i liked thor ragnarok i thought that was quite fun thor ragnarok was actually good actually yeah i forgot about that one that that's a lot of fun as well um thanks taika good yeah, job thanks. buddy um i'm excited for his new film by the way i'm super excited for his new film so is this the one with hitler in it hitler he plays hitler he's playing hitler that's exciting <laughs> sam rockwell's got cast in it now oh really oh, i like sam rockwell a lot is he going to play a neo-Nazi type? Probably. <laughs> and, like, already do, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even need to see the like, film. Yes. And I've, like, like if they maybe they'll go for Oscar season. Like, yep, Sam Rockwell. Support Oscar number two. Yep, yep, there we go, Sam Rockwell. Well done. Well done on playing a maybe sympathetic neo-Nazi. <laughs> like, semi You're just like, so damn likable, even though <laughs> you're being racist, Sam. <laughs> I, um, I'm totally up for that. Um, yeah, so this... Um, like the, the but that, my original point was even though that a lot of the films just hit okay not I can't think of any of them that really hit bad like a bad mm, film maybe like Thor 2 that was Thor 2 is pretty, pretty Thor 2's biggest problem though is it's just dull yeah it's, it's dull and forgettable such a non it's a competent story. film like if you put it next to Batman vs Superman Thor 2 looks shiny yeah that's true yeah. Um, but, but on the, you, in the, on the scale of like whatever you think the best Avengers or Marvel's film is, I think everyone thinks that Thor 2 is the worst one. Yeah. Which means it must just objectively be... What do you think of Iron Man 3? I like Iron Man 3. I love Iron Man 3 yeah, so much. But I, I, like, every time it gets criticism, I am like, I'm, I'm so defensive. No, over. it's a fun, a good movie. I think I, Iron Man 2 is pretty terrible. I would say Iron Man 2 is not the greatest, but yeah. like, but a lot but of Sam people... Sam Rockwell in it, though, even he couldn't save it. No... He, he didn't play he a Nazi, racist, though. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't really racist. <laughs> I mean, Sam. he was the bad guy, but he wasn't really racist. He actually helped one of those Russian guys, so I guess it just didn't work out for him. Um, no, but, like, um, I really like Iron Man 3, and I'm disappointed more people, because this whole... It, it, Iron Man 3 is, like... Because there's a lot of... Um, especially the Justice League films where they're like, hey, we made them for the fans. Mm. Iron Man 3 is very much fan, comic fans versus film fans. Yeah. And I feel like if you're more of a film fan, you're so into Iron Man 3. If you're a comic book fan, you and don't like Iron Man yeah. 3 and the whole twist and stuff is like... Yeah, um, I just... Until right now, I'd forgotten about the twist. That was a great twist. Like, it's a great twist. The marketing everything for that made that so, like, oh, this villain's going to be so... I guess spoilers. It's a great <laughs> twist, and Shane um, Shane Black is on point. Um, like, That's it. It's just Shane Black makes good films. Doesn't yeah, it? but I guess if you're not expecting that from a superhero film, you essentially get like a kiss kiss bang bang type film, and it's like, oh, not what you're expecting. Yeah, but then that's not. I like I liked that for a while they were kind of doing that where like they had Shane Black doing that, and then they had they were going to have Edgar Wright, and it was going to be like this heist movie with Ant Man. And it was all kind of, they were doing like almost genre films and then they kind of chickened out of it and was like, mm, let's just, let's just keep it. Yeah, they, like... I think Shane Black burnt them and they were like, because almost like um, even just, not just genre films, but just like noteworthy, noteworthy directors, directors with any sort of yeah, their own style. Yeah. Although they did it with Taika Waititi. Yeah. They did it with Taika Waititi, yeah, but I feel like the only reason they did it with Taika Waititi is because of how successful James Gunn was. Yeah, maybe. I, I was talking. Yeah. I remember. I, I think we've talked about. I mean, Scott, I've talked about it on this podcast. That when you think about it, 
Taka Waititi's actually a genius choice after the success of James Gunn because he's like almost got the same sort of bizarre offbeat and it joins the two separate kind of things together quite yeah. well yeah like he's quite he works quite well in that sort of um as a sort of hey this is the full version of James Gunn like yeah. he's a he's a very good choice um yeah I'm super excited to see it but that that's the big amount even though it's this is going to be released two weeks later because right now as we're recording this that's the big cinematic event um although really like this whole because I heard apparently that writers got free reign of who could die oh really no you didn't no No, you didn't you did not if you went to Marvel and were like we're gonna kill off Black Panther Black Panther who literally just just made made like a billion dollars ridiculous money they would they would no like, way mm, no <laughs> <laughs> mind you they, they Black, Panther, Black Panther made all that money after they wrote it so maybe oh, that's true that oh man maybe they've nah they're not gonna kill off they can't just make this movie that's all like sort of minorities and all yeah, that and that they're just be- like nah 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 you're dead now <laughs> cause that's the whole the doc, Benedict Campbell actually he's like oh there might not be a Doctor Strange too. cause I might die in this film mm. Yeah, and then what Marvel going to make films of? Chris yeah, Evans want to no. do another Captain America? No, all right. I do. I think that probably it will be either Captain America or Iron Man who dies off. It makes sense. They have to get rid of one. They have to get. They have to kill someone off at this point. Like if you don't, you're just going to come out and just be like, oh. Because the thing I have with it is where I'm. I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. It's just I want to know how they do, how they bring it all together. But like after this one, there's another one coming, and I just, I just don't think I'm going to. Give I don't think I'll care at all, unless this one does something so mm. exciting and interesting. Well, you presume that the these films are connected, so maybe it'll have like an Empire Strikes Back moment of it being like a, a, a some sort of cliffhanger, or maybe some if it sort of lead on though, to the next one. If it's just another Age of Ultron, it would I would just I would lose all interest. Be like, that's oh, the difference. Like, just another reset at the end. That's why civil rights more interesting than Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is just, hey, this thing's going to take over the world. Oh, God, we stopped it. Where Civil War actually has some sort of... Progression. Progression yeah. in, like, the characters and stuff. Um, but that's... That's... Marvel. <laughs> that's uh, about 18 minutes in. Have mentioned the yeah. movie that we watched tonight? Do you want to mention the movie we watched tonight? Mm-hmm. I was just having some beer there, sorry. But people um, will always will have read by the... Uh, the title of the title, podcast but um, <laughs> let's, they'll, let's put introduce a different, it anyway put a different name of the movie make up a movie <laughs> twist uh, we watched Cell no what was it called Brawl in Cell Block 99 Brawl in Cell Block 99 <laughs> I guess we'll start off with a, a summary so uh, Cell Block uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 it's a quite a hard title to yeah, it's yeah. not a great title is it <laughs> It's it doesn't quite like Roll, roll off the, the tongue, tongue. No. Um, follows uh, Bradley oh Thomas Thomas Bradley Thomas played um, by Vince Vaughn we'll get back to that <laughs> um, Bradley Thomas who is a um, guy who in desperate need of money um, to support his um, soon-to-be family decides to become a drug dealer drug, uh, uh, trafficker drag, drug know. trafficker I apologize um, I apologize to all the drug traffickers in the world <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent your job um, who uh, um, a job goes wrong and uh, he ends up um, he ends up killing two of the other drug yeah, traffickers guys that he, he's with 
um, to, to stop them to, from killing some cops. To, cop, to stop them from killing the cops. So it all goes wrong. He stays silent. He's um, expected to do his seven-year sentence. When a man comes to him one um, in his eighth day of prison, in his medium security prison, and tells him he has to get to cell block 99 in... Red Wing? Red Leaf. Red Leaf, sorry. Red Leaf um, Maximum Security Prison. So he has to get there, kill a guy. Um, Named Christopher Bridge. Christopher Bridge. I knew it was Bridge something, uh, something Bridge. Um, he has to kill this guy. Otherwise, they will <laughs> abort his pregnant wife. Not even that. Otherwise, they'll get a right, Okay, I, I wasn't going to actually go into the no, grim details. This, I feel like this is like an important... Okay, you go into the grim details. So what, what will they do to his uh, wife and his unborn child if he doesn't go and kill Christopher Bridge? So the, they've got this Korean surgeon who will amputate the fetus's limbs before it's born, take them out and send him the limbs... And then just leave the baby alive so that when the mother eventually gives birth, the baby will just have no limbs. It's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that's like one of the most grim threats I've ever seen. Because <laughs> yeah. this is like a common staple of like, I don't know what, what you would call a genre like this. Of like like sort of threatening your. Threatening, yeah. like some, yeah. some like. They have to do it, and the uh, guy has wife. to do this because we, we've got this this on you and this on you. Um, so it's definitely the most intense one. If also slightly cartoony. Yeah, because that's the point. It, uh, the film starts off and it's fairly grounded, I would say. Like, nothing too crazy happens. There's like a gunfight at the start, which is kind of... It's not overly dramatic, and there's just guys shooting each other in what looks fairly realistic. And then when it gets to the part where he's in prison suddenly everything just goes like mental hmm. and it's like it's weird because it, it maybe it's on purpose it kind of tricks you into thinking it's going to be like another prison movie like he gets into prison and there's like a friendly old guy who kind of looks like morgan freeman yeah i feel like at the time i made a joke about it but you think it was quite deliberate they yeah. may pick someone that was supposed to be more of a morgan freeman type yeah who Who's, introduces yeah. him to the prison and tells him how it's all how it all goes around he kind of all he makes a little relationship with one of the guards already there's like a thing where he's like, oh, you'd be great if you joined the, joined the boxing club because mm-hmm. it's Vince Vaughn and he's like a tank in this movie. And then it just it just goes sideways and none of that comes to anything because after this threat is made, Vince Vaughn just goes mental, breaks a guy's arm in like horrible fashion so that he can then get sent to the maximum security prison. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it just becomes a different film. Like it just turns into this super violent B-movie type. Yeah, it goes nonsense. quite grindhouse. It goes it quite grindhouse, grindhouse. Yeah. Um, so yeah that's the story he has to basically he's in the medium security prison he has to make it make himself appear so crazy that they need to put him in the maximum security they get him to the maximum security and find out cell block 99 is what the warden describes as the prison within the prison so he has to get more mental so it's about this man who's actually portrayed for the film the beginning of the film to be actually a, a good guy he's a he's, reasonable guy yeah he's a reasonable guy he's he saves the cops he's he goes to prison he wants to do his time he isn't grassing anyone up he's just kind of uh, um, like he's morally a middle of the road kind of guy who has to like go nuts go nuts to save his family which is a fascinating premise that's yeah. like a really that's a, especially pushed. as like a grindhouse film that's a very uh, good premise because of this <laughs> The moment that he gets off the bus at the maximum security prison, the guards come out of the prison and they're dressed like they're wearing like SWAT gear. They've got big guns, and uh, Don Johnson is the the warden, 
and he's smoking a cigar and it's all like just it's <laughs> just silly the, like, the film shows you that this the because you have yeah that, that's the contrast you get the medium security prison which is very a regular prison it's a very Shawshank prison I feel yeah. like it's trying to almost be Shawshank uh-huh. um, and there's almost like the this whole boxing thing is almost like it's almost pretending to go in another direction like that's going to be his thing it's like, like he's going to become a boxer, boxer. And... and then he's going to learn some life yeah. lessons yeah. that'll get him off the streets <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like it's going in that direction <laughs> that that's a film that was supposed to play yeah. and then suddenly they derailed and it just becomes and because so he goes into this other prison and then he gets into he does another thing where he kills some more guys hmm. to get into cell block 99 and when he gets into there it's like a James Bond villain like it is lair like it, the, this what looks like just a typical American prison turns into the Tower of London <laughs> or like an old dungeon that you would find in like medieval times it gets really and it's down on like down under like a basement yeah. dank and like it's um, there's like a torture chamber torture um, it goes really bizarre it starts to become a whole different film you're like you suddenly forget you're in any sense of a prison <laughs> yeah. you're there's, just you're in this underground lair there's a bit where one of the guys says uh or some guard is like you know how in the 1950s they introduced these laws to stop prisons from being inhumane this place was built before that as if, <laughs> as if because it was built before that it's not like <laughs> it's no longer it's not, it does, the laws don't apply law. it's like oh we can't touch that place it already existed <laughs> they're tortured people all day I mean I want to go over and make sure that they're following human rights but that would be work and <laughs> has, like I mean they've already had their like people were set in their ways and you can't teach an old dog new tricks 70 years later like there's nothing we can do here <laughs> they already drive across there's this one line where they're just like uh, Amnesty International would not approve of this place yeah, again. Yeah. there's no human rights here we're, de- we're definitely on board with this idea and it is just it's pretty grim there's like it's very put grim. in a cell that the toilet can't flush and obviously people have been using the toilet so it's full uh full of shit full of shit yes like a lot and it gets yeah. like a, a thing attached around him that basically the guards can just zap him every time he does something mm. wrong um it doesn't it do, you don't really get any time to it's not like it, it settles into him being in this place and you get into like a routine. It's just from that point on, it's just like him doing mental stuff, to mm. fighting people. and Yeah, like it's very, um, yeah, like before, um, before you're too long into the prison, it reveals the, the whole plot twist at the end, which we'll get to um, about he, like the mission he's been, the task he's been sent to do. And it gets onto that and then it becomes like a whole different, like, like it goes in a whole different direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the the weird contrast of the medium prison, which almost has its own supporting cast. As as I wasn't thinking about it as we we're watching it, but as we we're saying it now, like the whole thing of like it is very obviously just intentionally making you think it's going to be because even before we started watching it, when you were like, "Oh, this is going to be a prison movie," so you kind of know what to expect from a prison movie. Yeah. At one point, there's going to be something really violent's going to happen, Aye. and you kind of feel like it's going in that direction, and then it just doesn't. It's just this. this but it must. Be, I guess it's intentional. But. Oh. Well, I thought it'd be more grounded. I, I was thinking more like. Um, I suppose it's not quite a prison film, but he spends most of the time in prison. I was thinking of more like a Bronson. Yeah. Or what's the one that Eric Banner did? Oh, uh, the one about that Australian. Chopper. Chopper. Yeah. Chopper. Like something like Chopper. Um, like I was like, yeah, he looks like one of those guys in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. like you, you could, uh, you could quite believe this would be some sort of um, spiritual, like, sort of connection to like Chopper, where it's more 
gritty because that's what prison films usually go for yeah. it's, like it's almost weird to try and demonize a prison when they're so easily <laughs> cr- yeah, they're like grim they're... you don't really have to make up that they're bad and um, yeah. they're already supposed to, they're already grim yeah um, it's already a terrible place to be and this is is not really a prison is it like it's no. not a realistic depiction of a prison it's no the yeah the, the maximum security one isn't because no. the medium security you have like the, you start to get on with the, the prison guard they introduce you to a, a, the handler Denise who yeah, has one scene for one scene but she's built up she's like built a up lot. one scene because you almost like she's built up and you're almost like she's going to be a supporting character who maybe helps turn yeah. her around there's so many sort of supporting characters that could like as maybe are supposed Even to help when when uh, the first scene he goes into the prison there's a thing where he's like having to hand over his um, all his property and the guy behind the glass is Fred Malamed who's like a sort of staple character actor who just pops up in things all the time mm. and he plays these kind of goofy characters like he's in like the Ocean's movies and he's in a bunch of other films and he's in it for literally one scene yeah and you feel like there's they're building something there and then nope just doesn't go anywhere. Like it almost like relationships that will come back to when he's like maybe had a redemption yeah. um, side. Uh-huh. But like, although you should probably see that redemption's not really coming because he goes into prison as like a decent guy. Yeah, so he's not. Yeah, like yeah. everything that they they do make it like. And he goes. He just gets worse and worse. Yeah, know? like, but he's still a good guy. And yeah, but the the whole beginning of the film is him setting up have a good guy. Like he becomes a drug trafficker because he loses his job. Yeah. So yeah, and. And on the day that he loses his job, he finds out that his wife's having an affair. Yeah. But instead of being horrible about it, he's just kind of... He beats up her car. <laughs> he beats up his car in a very weird, strategic way. <laughs> yeah. It probably sums up the character extremely well. Because he's like... He's an angry man, but he's also almost entirely like controlled. Yeah. Because like... It's like he beats up the car just to get out the anger. Hmm. But he's doing it in this like methodical way where he just kind of looks at something and then he like punches it. Hmm. And then he looks at something, and he punches it. Yeah, because like the first scene when he comes in and he's um, fired from his job, you al- it almost feels like it's gonna he's build gonna up snap. to like Tim yeah. s- snapping or something, but he doesn't. He's like, "Cool, I'll go get my stuff." Um, and then he comes home and like turns out his wife's cheating on him, and she, he's just like, "Okay, cool, let's go in and talk about it." After uh, he beats up the car, after he beats the car one piece at a time. <laughs> yeah. One piece at a time. It's very, very bizarre. And then they have this sort of nice, touching conversation about it, and they decide that they're going to have a family. And then it cuts to eighteen months later, and he's some kind of drug kingpin or something. He's got a <laughs> he's palace. got a lot of money. He's earned a lot of money in eighteen months. It's quite fantastic, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. His wife's pregnant, and um, and then everything goes. Yeah, and then like he also to be a good guy, he saves the cops. Yeah. He so doesn't it, have to because it's made clear that he could just run away and get away with it. Yeah. But he chooses to do that knowing that he's going to go to jail. He even, like, he falls into some water and he has to climb up a pillar covered in barnacles, which are, like, slicing his hands and his feet and stuff. So he climbs that up that pillar just to get back to save the cops. So it's like he's really, he's like a good guy hmm. in a bad situation. Yeah. But then, yeah, as it goes on into the film, I was thinking, like, how is he going to get out of this situation? Like, there's no way this is going to have, like... A good a ha- ending yeah, for like him, any sort of everything ending. is against him. Yeah, um, oh. it's um, yeah, he's a, and I guess that's part of it as well. Like you, you watch this good guy have to pretend to be nuts, and like he's very, um, he's counting down the days. He expects to get five or six years. He ends up getting seven. Mm. Even that's just a small sort of gut yeah. punching. Like oh, yeah. seven years, really. He's counting them down, 
and then you get given this ultimatum that you have to go kill you have to go kill this guy in cell block 99 um and you, yeah you you watch this guy have to pretend to be nuts which is um, kind of cool because it's like his mission is just to get to another prison by just being horrible. <laughs> right. it's like as I said, it's almost made to be a grindhouse film. Yeah, like it's so like yeah. the premise is you have to be this a psycho. You have to be a psychopath. It's a more grim version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the grind. Like it almost feels like it's supposed to be a grindhouse yeah. film. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Vince Vaughn because rather than, like I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a confessor. I'm not really. I don't watch a lot of Vince Vaughn films. I've not got anything against against Vince Vaughn I like um, some of the films he's in I just don't watch a lot of his films so it took me to the end credits to realise it was Literally Vince Vaughn when his name popped up on the screen yeah like yeah, Danny I, was like was that Vince Vaughn the whole time because <laughs> like he looks very different he looks mental he like, looks extremely different yeah like, like he's thin but buff he's thin but buff he shaved, shaved his, his head. head he's got like a big cross tattoo on the back yeah. of his head and then now, now at the end, I, like it all clicks, and you're like, "Oh, right, of course it was." But like, I, I just didn't. that's why at one point he make, he makes like a kind of funny quip, and I was like, "Now that's a Vince Vaughn line. That that joke must have made no sense to you." <laughs> I thought I must have. I think I just thought you were talking about the director. Not that I thought the director was Vince Vaughn. I just think <laughs> I missed the name. Um, because I was like, because you uh, like, I, I was aware that I thought you knew about the director, oh, so I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. it must be he must be referring to the director. I didn't actually hear you say Vince Vaughn. Oh, okay. Otherwise, if, if I heard you say Vince Vaughn, it, it might have so clicked. Then <laughs> might have clicked the um Vince Vaughn. Oh fuck yeah! Like yeah, like it. It was very. He's very different. He's different. He's good. He was really good. He's very good. Really he's cool, very yeah. good in it. Like I was just like I, even towards the end after seeing the whole film, I was like that, that was Fred Claus. That was the yeah. guy from Wedding Crashers. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. That's the guy from the internship. <laughs> what? The guy from Swingers. Aye, yeah. it's, it's so, really, yeah. it's very bizarre. Um, it is strange, but like, he was in uh, the second season of True Detective as well, where he was playing kind of a serious role. See, I don't, I haven't watched True Detective. I must admit, it's one of the shows. Um, I just, I no, just the, the first season is really good. The second season's like a bit all over the place but and he, that's the one he's in yeah but there was a lot of like it was a lot of um, it was the first thing he'd done I think where he was serious and then he did um, that Hacksaw Ridge the Mel Gibson film where he plays like see, a I didn't see that soldier in that as well so he's, I think he's taken a turn yeah. away from comedy that's maybe why as well I've missed the two things that are supposed he's to be like dramatic yeah, yeah like him going into dramatic and stuff so like I wasn't expecting that at all I didn't know he looked even remotely like that. I think he looks younger. He does look younger. He looks yeah. dramatically younger. I would never have guessed he was Vince Vaughn age. Well, he must be like in his 50s now. Yeah, but I would yeah. have... I would have, I, I could have said 30s. Yeah. I could have actually looked, said he was... That guy was in good. his 30s. Yeah, like <laughs> for looking, Vince Vaughn for in that film mental. looked like it was his 30s. I would have more placed him as like an up-and-coming, like just a sort of indie star, like... That's because it was like more someone low budget from, film. Because uh, that's quite. It's Blue also Ruin or something. Yeah. yeah, that looks quite like the film. Like it, like its sets are fucking fantastic. But like it looks fairly low budget. It keeps it quite yeah, modest it for the most yeah. time. Um, so like I just yeah never clicked. Vince Vaughn never clicked at all. It was actually kind of fascinating at the end. I didn't realize that he'd sort of had this. That this transformation. This was his film. It's funny because the whole time I was watching it, I was just like. That's Vince Vaughn, but not in like a like. Oh, that's Vince Vaughn. I can't get into this. It was like, 
sometimes I would just remember and be like, oh, that's Vince Vaughn. He's doing a, he's doing yeah, a good he's, job. He's doing an incredible job of making you forget that he's Vince Vaughn, yeah. which is not a small task. <laughs> no, but it's a pretty memorable character. He's a very memorable person. person yeah. um, I c- couldn't believe it. They blew me away at the end. I, I want to emphasize how much it blew me away. Um, <laughs> maybe laughed. that's, as I say, coming from a person who isn't like a big Vince One film watcher. So maybe that doesn't help. Maybe if you actually have seen many, like it's been a long time since I've seen Wedding Crashes, a long, long time. So yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I guess just because I have watched those other films where he's he's a real actor now, or he's trying to be, mm-hmm. it's kind of I wasn't that surprised by it. A bit more recognizable. Fair yeah. enough. Um, apart from that the rest of the cast are really good yeah um, yeah it, it it just has all these sort of weird people in it doesn't it even like his wife's played by Jennifer Carpenter who's like not the typical like just lovable wife mm. she's like kind of edgy as well what's she in because I recognised her but I wasn't sure where I, I recognised her from anything that she's in that's for she's been around for like a while she's in a there was, I feel like this was a film things. of a few people that I was like I recognise you I'm not like quite Don sh- Johnson I think they're they're just sort of known for being in like side characters side characters yeah. and things that aren't super well like super high budget mm. like Don Johnson famous for being in things in like the 70s and 80s I think if I'm remembering I think they were in like a, he was in an American TV show of some kind that was really big I did a lot of research as you can see <laughs> <laughs> the cast was very very good um, very very enjoyable and especially Vince Vaughn like this is one of those films um, um, that like it, you know that there's there's all these these actors that have the sort of up and down careers, and then you'll have this film that was like their the sort of a weird sort of isolation from the rest mm. of their career, um, like the occasional good Adam Sandler film that he does <laughs> yeah. when he's actually good in a role. Yeah. When that film that he did recently with um, Ben Stiller, the Meyerowitz stories, yeah, yeah. he was great in that. He was yeah. great in that. And he's you know, really good in Stranger Thing, uh, Stranger. No, what was it called? Stranger Than Fiction. Stra- Stranger he was great in Stranger Than Things. <laughs> Stranger he things. played Eleven, actually, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> it was a really transformation role. He was like the Vince Vaughn <laughs> of Stranger Things. <laughs> I didn't recognise it until the closing credits, I must admit. Um, it's not even yeah. Stranger Than Fiction, that's Will Ferrell. What is it that he was in? It uh, Punch Drunk Love is what I was thinking of. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like um, it was like this, just this weird isolation where you're like, this is this is all entirely separate from your career, like in an entirely different ball, and it's really really fascinating. Yeah, it was good. He was he was very like commanding as well, like yeah. a presence. Yeah, he was a very good. Like you 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 liked the character, and you knew he had the edge. Like he had he was able to balance both ways, and he was funny, but like he wasn't. It wasn't like Vince Vaughn funny. No, it wasn't Vince Vaughn funny, like but he was dry, he was he had the of, yeah. very good dry humor. Yeah. Like um, his quips would like actually I was like, oh, that's actually got a chuckle. Like it was a yeah. really good quip. He also just seemed to have this awareness that like he knew everything was kind of inevitable and inevitably going to not go well. Hmm. So like he was doing what he could, but he knew that it wasn't going to work out at least for him because hmm. you spoil you spoil the endings. Yeah, we'll get into the spoilers. So um, he's sent to um, to um, kill Christopher Bridge in cell block 99. But when he gets there, he finds out that nobody's heard of Christopher Bridge. Christopher Bridge doesn't exist. What's happened is the guys that he took down to um, save the cops, they've ended up in cell block 99. Uh, so, one, yeah, so one of them was dead, but one of them is there. This guy who already hated him. And then the actual like drug kingpin mm. kind of guy is there as well. He's there. I like. 
I don't know how they got as far as Cell Block 99. Like, they were drug well, they're, lords. they're in, like, a little, a cool little area that's got, like, yeah. a tail. So maybe they're in, like, the... But they, okay, so they seem to own. Yeah. Well, like, not own, but they... Because he's wearing his normal clothes yeah, and everything. Yeah, he's wearing a suit. Because, uh, I guess, because he's a, probably a, a really, really rich yeah. drug lord, uh, he's managed to buy, sort of, influence in the prison. And um, he has um, arranged for... Um, Vince Vaughn, to Vince Vaughn to beat his way there. Just, I guess, so they could kill him so that, for So revenge. that they could, yeah, fuck him over and stuff. Yeah. Um, they they torture him and then they punch him and stuff. Um, so that, that's the twist. The twist is that um, the, he's been sent, like, to he almost, is, he's sent himself to his own grave. Um, which I didn't see coming, um, which is really yeah, fascinating. No. Uh, it, took, it took me a while to realise what was happening. I was like... So who's Christopher Bridge? <laughs> uh, so the twist itself is um, is an all right twist, but what it what it leads to is the t- titular titular brawl brawl in Cell, in cell 99, um, which which isn't you, really a brawl. No, but if you've ever wanted to see live action Looney Tunes, yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> the the best bit is a bit where he fights a guy and then knocks him over and then sort of steps on his head and scrapes his face along the floor and then when he rolls over his skull is just exposed skull is like, it's like an itchy and scratchy cartoon <laughs> it, looks it's exactly, it looks like an itchy and scratchy cartoon brought to life with Vince Vaughn scraping a man's face off on the ground it's quite ridiculous yeah like his face he, his face bunches up around his, his head yeah. I guess and then the blood spread and then and then what did what he do to the next guy he um there's one guy he just sort of twists the spine yeah he just, <laughs> just seems to break him he just twists him and there's just this really loud like <laughs> sound effect and the uh, guy just falls over aye and um then and, the, and the last snaps one snaps that guy's knee like snaps, snaps that knee backwards and then then when the drug lord when he finally saves he saves his wife he saves his wife and his unborn child um when he finally saves them he and says this basically over the phone by yeah. being like, well, if you don't let my wife go... I'm uh, he hold, he basically holds the drug lord hostage until they let his wife go. Um, and then he, he he kicks the drug lord's neck until he decapitates him. <laughs> yeah, because his head is in a toilet, so he like stomps, his, stomps the back of his neck until it like cuts through his head. But like 20 minutes before... No. Yeah. Right. At some point when he sees me and he says, I'm going to tear your head off. And then he, I guess he... Oh, I never made yeah. that connection. Yeah. yeah, he says before he's going to tear his head off, but like, yeah, he kicks the he kicks the neck until the head de- until he decapitates him, which is you watch the head drop and it's very cartoony. It's <laughs> yeah. very ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. This film has a weird thing where it starts off like um, it builds up the violence slowly. Like one of the original prison guards from the original prison, he like breaks his arm and you see the bone. You're like, oh, that's yeah. fucking brutal. Um, you're like up until that point, it was like fairly grounded violence. fairly grounded and then that happens and you're like well I guess that's f- feasible breaking yeah. that arm to that extent <laughs> I mean I guess you could like that's kind of pushing it slightly cartoony but like you're feasible and then it gets on then like when it goes in cell block 99 you're talking you start getting into ridiculous stuff like rubbing someone's face off the ground <laughs> yeah. one of the weirdest things that happens is there's a bit where he's holding one of the guards prisoner in his own cell and the guard sticks his head through the door and he just like slams the door really hard on his head, yeah. and it, it doesn't it doesn't go goofy. It just feels it looks kind of real, and it's like ooh, he just crushed that guy's head. It's like oh, 
And the guy just kind of softly like slumps away. Hi. It's a weird mix of like real enough to make you feel uncomfortable, but then just silly enough that like it was kind of you laugh in a kind of like uncomfortable yeah. way. So yeah, you do sometimes some of the violent stuff. You laugh in an almost just just to sort of can you or, like what, a, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, can you believe this? What's going round on round here? Um, someone check this out. Like it's it's. Very, and then like Vince Vaughn dies at the end the, the prison warden of the that shoots him in the head and you see that briefly yeah, you see him like the like bullet like the face explode yeah. coming off so it's yeah, it's, it's just, quite a, it's got a, a little bit of a little bit of a violent edge this film it's got a little little bit of an yeah. edge it certainly wouldn't get a 12 rating <laughs> or a PG-13 oh, what was that line that was just like he talks about how he's gonna what does he say he's gonna like the rape thing that he says. Yeah, because Cell Block 99 is where rapists, people who harm women, paedophiles, or just general psychopaths go. Um, so he's threatening to, <laughs> to uh, throw the um, drug lord into... Um, into all the rapists. Rapists. Yeah. And the line is something like... It's like it's just stay like, quiet and get raped, or stay get raped. quiet or get raped or something. Yeah, yeah like he, he, it's one of one of those bits. It's a line that sort of um, makes you step out of the film for a moment and go, "How did we get here?" But then there are a few weird things in it. Like there's weird little one-liners that, that just don't work. Like throughout the film, like instead of instead of people just saying normal things, they'll just say like there's a bit at the start where someone asks Vince Vaughn if he's okay, and he's like, "South of okay, north of cancer," and it's like. I guess that's kind of clever, but like, it's so, you have to think about it. So it's like, then it's jarring and then you're out of the film a little bit. You have to think that North of Cancer means good. good. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Which... I'm not okay, but I'm better than cancer. But uh, it's like... Yeah, okay, North, so I'm above cancer. That is good, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a thinker. It's like, it's like clever on paper. But uh, I don't know if it's clever. Um, and there's a few other lines. Like there's, there's one bit that really stuck out where some of the guards managed to get him to the floor... And they're like, inspect the floor. And it's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> inspect the floor. It's not. It's almost like he's trying to sound intimidating, but he's just not. Yeah, he's just failed. Yeah. He's, he's come across with nothing. There's lots of little bits like that of like dialogue that to me sounded like something from a video game where you'd have a character across the room saying something and it was just like filler dialogue that didn't really have any kind of direction. Mm. It was just like, just say this line. And um, But the director and the writer director was like a novelist originally he'd written a bunch of like sort of I think they were like pulpy western and crime novels okay. so I wonder if it's just some sort of it does feel kind of pulpy but I guess like yeah. pulp um, novels are like literature version of Grindhouse so you can't yeah, you know, no, yeah. really like it I makes guess sense to yeah he's still in the same um, wheelhouse I guess so yeah. that makes sense because his, his last film his first film was Bone Tomahawk which was like Oh, I've heard of that, but I don't think I've seen it. Uh, it's like a Western... It's a Western where the Indians in it are, like, prehistoric humans who are, like, savages who, like, tear people apart and stuff. So mm. it's really violent as well. But it has this sort of long, meandering, semi-philosophical build-up where there's, like, characters talking to each other in kind of, kind of like, deep and interesting western kind of ways. And then it's just like, oh, God, these people are tearing us apart. So it's like a sort of comedy, horror, western. Okay. So I guess that's like a sort of thing that's come over from that is a weird dialogue that maybe work, makes sense in written form mm. but doesn't really work when you say yeah, it. Yeah, you can write it down but you can't say it out loud, yeah. George. <laughs> yeah. It just seems silly. Um, yeah, and some of the dialogue doesn't like it's very... Um, 
trying to come off as witty. Some of it does, some of it doesn't quite as much. Some of it goes a bit more clunky. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre, but I kind of I do I did enjoy watching it in that sort of combo. It's like it's very unique. It's yeah. very stylized in a sort of very specific way, and I, I think that was quite fun to watch. Um, the fight scene, some of the fight scenes are very bizarre because there's like it's really it's stat like a lot of static camera work while they just one punch it's each other. one shot and it's like choreographed but in a very underrated way yeah like this is not like the ultra violent stuff but like sometimes get into a fist fight and it's very yeah it's just a one shot yeah. and it's just kind of just a and they'll go into like boxing fight. poses and they'll box yeah. and then it's like okay. uh, it doesn't feel very um what's the word um glorified i guess like it doesn't feel too yeah they're not like making exciting excitement out of the action because there's be- yeah. rarely any music in the movie yeah either. it's like it's Mostly very just quiet it's quite modest it's quite underrated it's quite subdued yeah the way it's filmed yeah it is. which is quite fascinating in its way like if you're watching it and you're like it's just a bizarre way to feel um film just fight action yeah right. I, I think that's why some of the some of the stuff doesn't work like the bit where he breaks that guy's back doesn't work because it's like we can see that you're just giving this guy a bear hug and they just added in like a terrible sound effect of a back breaking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember that bit and go, what what, 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 yeah, what, what did you do? Like, what, physically, <laughs> yeah. what was it just you were supposed to guy. have done there? Yeah. And that is a very bizarre moment. But some of it, because of that, works so well. Like the bit where he just breaks that guy's arm, I think maybe because you're not expecting it, where it's mm. just like, oh, they're punching each other and then, oh, suddenly that guy's bone is just out very out yeah, it's very out of his body which I've been told is not where it's supposed to be <laughs> I've heard that as well yeah <laughs> funny must be right <laughs> um did you like it? Uh, I enjoyed it I enjoyed watching it I it's one of, again one of those sort of films I, 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 I wouldn't rewatch, but like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching. I, I wish I. I kind of wish I knew it was Vince Vaughn now throughout the whole thing. Just like because <laughs> no, I watch it again to appreciate that sort of weird and bizarre performance he put in. Um, I didn't know where it was going, and I enjoyed that. Um, some of the stylized fighting, some of the violent. I think it's fun. It's definitely fun to watch with someone. It's not a yeah. film that you should just sort of sit and watch by yourself. Watch by yourself, and this is definitely one that like you watch with a person. You're just enjoying sort of the weird reactions of some of the violent. That this 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 it's like going aiming for a grindhouse film. It feels like a grindhouse film, and I think it nails like the grindhouse feel more than films that have desperately be, trying to be yeah. grindhouse. Like was I like think a little this trend is a, of that, wasn't yeah. It? yeah. Like I think this is a better grind. This is more in the spirit of a grindhouse film than Machete is. Yeah, like um, that sort of fun, the sort of goofiness, the sort of um, ultra violent, almost again done on the cheap because it fit. Like it doesn't. Like even though it sets, especially that the fucking evil prison, evil <laughs> prison at the end <laughs> looks like a, a castle. Like it's quite an impressive like sets they have. Um, but it does feel like it's done on the like cheap, and it feels a lot more in the spirit of something like Machete than Machete does. Because it's it has like a sort of sincerity to it. That yeah, it's, 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 keep, have, it's taking it's the whole thing send, straight. Yeah, it's not sending them up. Hmm. It's not like Machete in space or whatever the hell. But it, it is also now. has self awareness, which is fascinating. Uh, can we quickly talk about how the the Korean abortionist? Oh, oh since yeah. that's part of the film, <laughs> this Korean abortionist who he's he set up his tools. 
He's so he's ready. Laid them out. He's so ready to uh, amputate, a, to baby. amputate a, fetus. a fetus. Not a baby. A it's fetus. a fetus. <laughs> yeah, it's he's, a four. What? She's four months pregnant as well. Yeah. So like, so he's ready to amputate a fetus. Um, and uh, then the his uh, they get the phone call that the drug overlord <laughs> has been held hostage, and that Korean abortionist is extremely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> he has this like sort of like Michael Sarah in. Uh... <laughs> As soon as you say Michael Sarah, yeah, you're right. It's Michael Sarah. No, no, no. You don't need to say anything after that. It's Michael Sarah. It has got a very weird Michael Sarah. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Um, that's a reference to um, peanuts. So it, feel, it also feels like peanuts. Like when, oh, is when it? Go, oh, yeah. The wah wah thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it feels oh. very feels like that as well. Um, like he's Charlie Brown, who's been told he can't have his ball. He yeah. really wants his ball. <laughs> And he really wants Charlie Brown. Really wants to abort to amputate, to amputate an the fetus. Baby. He really wants to, but it's just not Charlie Brown's day. <laughs> oh. um, he's extremely disappointed, and it's a very—it's probably one of the darkest jokes <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to see in a film. That I did actually laugh at <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how disappointed he was. <laughs> He was so disappointed, and it was kind of funny, and it's dark and twisted. But like, that yeah. kind of probably sums up this film. It's quite dark and twisted, but it's like it's got humor. Did you like it, Michael Kelly? Yeah, I quite liked it. I didn't, um, I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it because I liked. I quite, hmm. was kind of surprised by how much I liked Bone Tomahawk. So I was okay. expecting this to be. Well, I went in without knowing who the director was, with any of yeah. the expectations. Didn't know who was starring in it or anything. So I, I was just like, I don't know what I'm about to watch. I thought I was about to watch a more like as as we've talked about, like a more grounded one, yeah. uh, like a more grounded prison film. So when it came to this, I was like surprised. I'm not sure, pleasantly surprised, but. Surprise. more su- surprised yeah. nonetheless um, it's nice when it's something just takes you off guard and you're like yeah. what what is this what, what's yeah. happening right? what's happening now guys if we all sat down and thought about this everyone who's wrote the script <laughs> yeah, we actually thought what was our plan here what was the point because um, I feel like if you were to deconstruct it in sort of film analysis terms objectively it's not a good film like, no it doesn't it doesn't build it doesn't set itself up properly it doesn't like the plot doesn't really conclude in like a sensible or like thematic way it just kind mm. of derails itself like twice the the i think it takes about 40 minutes for him to even get into prison i like the build-up to him going to prison is like there's one scene where he's just driving to see his boss and you just see him driving for about five minutes and it's <laughs> like why do we need to see this i like um but in some ways it kind of i don't know like i was thinking about the way that his wife so in the beginning his wife's had a miscarriage so they've grown apart which is why she started cheating on him. And that is essentially, it's kind of unnecessary to the plot because it could have just been like, oh, we're, we're pregnant and that's enough. But instead of doing that, it was like, we've been pregnant already and now we're trying again. So it kind of gets mm. you on board because you're like, they're not just trying, but they're like trying again, even after all this bad stuff has happened to them. So I don't know, but 40 minutes of intro is a lot. It is. Um, is and I would agree if you're on like a film analysis level if you're actually to analyse this to it's called like it's not a good film but then as I say again it feels more like the grindhouse spirit and it almost yeah. like you probably mm. shouldn't dismiss it on that sort of that no sort I, of, that's like, what I mean know, I wouldn't I would like, say that that that's probably the most surprising thing about this is it's a genre film like it's a, a like a <laughs> what genre <laughs> what genre prison I guess it's probably, that sounds like a grindhouse one prison prison yeah. film um, it's very very genre so like it's um, 
Yeah, yeah it's not, you... it was definitely not made to work on any of those deeper levels. No, but it has that kind of almost like faux philosophical thing that these a lot of these films have, where it's like it, characters will say things that they sound deep on like a surface level, but if you actually think about what they're saying, it's like there's nothing to what you're saying. It's just That's like right. there's nothing there, but it feels like you're watching something that's kind of smart in a way hmm. so i wonder like if you were into grindhouse films would you make it through the first 40 minutes of that film because it doesn't seem like that kind of film hmm. grindhouse films do tend to like take a while to rev up though yeah i don't know if i've ever seen like a real grindhouse film they usually well a lot of them go in that sort of jaws template where you introduce the monster about halfway through and then you only see it at the end and it's like, yeah yeah so they they tend to go on like delay and unless you're like like that, that tends to be american grindhouse films if you're watching something outside of america it tends to get to the monster pretty quick and fast um but like in america ones they tend to build up yeah to get to that sort of jaws phase of then there's the monster um especially because usually they're done on the cheap so they don't want to have the monster you right the way through the monster, yeah. um which is exactly why jaws did it because they couldn't afford, couldn't afford to, it to have to shark the whole time um, um but no i liked it I think there were some things that, like, Don Johnson was a better villain than the actual villain, but he never got any kind of comeuppance. No, he, he gets a big introduction. Yeah. They come in, he's smoking his cigar, he makes... Um, makes him get a cavity search. Makes him the, get cavity yeah. search outside the prison before he's even walked <laughs> Which in. Which the guy who does the cavity search seems to love doing, because he has a big smile on his face. <laughs> he's, oh, oh, he couldn't wait. <laughs> he's got his rubber gloves. I took him, George. You didn't even ask me to take him, George, on. but I took him. Um... He's so ready for it. And then he gets that big build up and then he gets sent he sends him down to block ninety nine and then um he sort of disappears for a yeah, while. Don't see him again till the end when when he actually shoots. shoots. Yeah. 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 Very enjoyable film. If you're looking for a grindhouse film, you're looking for a grindhouse film with a bit of fun, you're looking for some to see Vince Vaughn in a very different light. If you want to, yeah, it's definitely something you need to watch with other people though, isn't it? Yeah. I, if I sat and watched that by myself, I'd just be like, What the yeah, I don't think I'd actually make it through it by myself. I feel yeah. like I would end up turning it off. I can never. I, I always have to finish a film, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's an odd film. It's a very odd film. Very peculiar. Very interesting. Yeah, I think films like that kind of deserve some credit just for being different mm. and for not well, being the same it, as every yeah. other prison film. I th- yeah, well, I always appreciate a film that takes a risk more than a film that plays it safe. Yeah because um, so many films now are just not doing anything exciting or interesting it's just hmm. the same thing why well, I always credit like the big example recently in Last Jedi I was like Last Jedi at least takes risks yeah, I liked The Last Jedi huh I liked it I, I liked aspects of it I felt there's some as, um I wasn't a, a big fan of but um, I'm like um, compared to like Force Awakens and Force Awakens I absolutely loved and adore it it's a very fun film but I was like very on board with Last Jedi, just taking risks because you're like, oh, you got one of the biggest franchises in the whole wide world. Take yeah. a risk, Jurassic World. I tell you what, take a risk. Yeah, God. And then now there's another one. There's a mutant dinosaur. Now <laughs> it's a soldier. It's the most dangerous creature on earth. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> Shoot it. Just another dinosaur. <laughs> it's a fancy dinosaur with no feathers. Yeah, dinosaurs are supposed to have feathers. Yes. Michael, come Kelly. on. We know that now. <laughs> Get um, it right, not Spielberg. Yeah, you you like you Bayona. Oh yeah, it's different. He's a direction. good director, though. Fiona, he did a good job with um, a Monster Calls. 
We can only hope. I'm, I want Jurassic World Tsunami 2 to be one. good. I want, it, I want it to be good, but I just, just Jurassic World was just a bit... I, I, at this point, I just want them all to fail so that we can start having good films again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be great. Yeah. That would the only be great so we could have more there. interesting films. The good ones now are just the low-budget ones, like this one. So, hmm. it all works out, maybe. But yeah, I appreciate a film taking a risk, and this film's taking its risks. And does it pay off? You can debate, but like, it's fun. It's definitely interesting to watch. I wasn't bored watching this film. Yeah, and it's like you you get to see something you've probably never seen before, which is that's maybe enough. Like, if you want to see a film that you've seen before, just go watch another film. The film you've seen before. (laughs) Go watch the Shawshank Redemption again. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption is a good film. It's a good film. It's a very good film. But Um, it's like, are you going to ever make a prison movie again? That's going to not. It's going to be better than that, or it's going to offer something. Hmm. Well, Frank Darabont did, didn't he? He made another prison film after that. Oh, did he? What he made it? the Green Mile. Did he make the Green Mile? Oh. Well, now, now I'm doubting myself. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did. Because they're both they're, Stephen King. They're, yeah, they're both Stephen King adaptions of prison films directed by Frank Darabont. It's a very specific genre. Yeah. But they I, are very different films, though. They're very different. Well, Green Mile is, I guess, more about death row than yeah. like prison, but it's kind oh, of a prison magic film. Magic and racism. It's about magic and racism. Sam Rockwell plays a racist in that. He does! Ooh, we brought it back, yes. and, we're, and with that, <laughs> bringing it back to Sam Rockwell being a great... He's just good at being Such a racist. A good racist. He's, racist. A, he's a very good racist. Um, thank you very much for being on the podcast, Michael Kelly. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you on the James Corden show in the background. <laughs> Someday I'll make it. You'll make it. I don't dream big. That's what I always say. Right. Uh, eat J.K. Simmons. Tell all the good people to eat their J.K. Simmons. Yes. Uh, do I have to say something there? Well, obviously I'm talking to you. You're the only person. I don't know what it means. Eat your J.K. Simmons. Oh. Just say eat your J.K. Simmons. I say what? Say eat your J.K. Simmons. And eat your J.K. Simmons. I mean, that wasn't too hard. On that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So third time. <laughs>